Father God, help me not only hear your word today, but to fully understand what you are saying to me. I pray that I joyfully receive your word, refusing to allow any form of tribulation or persecution to cause it not to take root. Father God, I pray that as I receive your word, it is so clear to me that I leave your house today producing what your word says I should be producing. In the name of Jesus, the church said amen. Amen. I want to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And... You hear a lot of preaching, a lot of teaching out of First and Second Thessalonians, uh, and and I, I I heard another pastor, um, or teacher, and I read it again myself this week. The book of Second Thessalonians was written by Paul because a letter had circulated that told the church that the rapture had already occurred. People were worried. People were scared. It was untrue, of course. But I will say this. There's never going to be a sick feeling like that sick feeling when people who knew about it but didn't believe it enough to react to it. And I hope, I pray in the name of Jesus, that's nobody here today. And so this letter was written to, to, to encourage the church but also... Let them know, again, that it, that it hadn't happened, but what would be taking place and taking place when it did happen. Now, beginning with verse 1 of chapter 2, and you follow along with me till about verse 10. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you, not to be soon shaken in mind or trouble, either by spirit or by word or by letter, that's what I was referring to, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness or iniquity is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Meaning he's in the way right now. And then the lawless 
one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, or mystery of iniquity, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because, because, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So God didn't do it. Jesus wasn't mad. Jesus wasn't holding a grudge. It's just very simple. The people that will not be a part of the catching away of the saints or the dead in Christ being raised first from the grave will only be because they did not receive the love of the message of Jesus Christ that they can be saved. I read out of the New King James, but if you read in the King James, two words that you read in somewhere around verse 6 or verse 7, and one is withholdeth or let. Both of those words mean restrain. And also, the mystery of iniquity, if you read out of the King James, which I do, and study out of it, is really the Greek word for lawlessness. That's what it means. Both uh, withholdeth and the word let or letteth that mean restraints is, is word number 2722. In fact, we have that definition, and I just want you to take a look at it real quick because it's real important. Now, if you look down at the first part of the definition, and I hope you're looking because this will help all of you understand it a lot better, that means to hold back, detain, or to restrain. You remember a while ago when I said, and I emphasized, because he's in the way right now, that's what that means. He restrains, but it also means from going away or to restrain or hinder the course or the progress of means that it can't go and excuse this redneckism. It can't go full blast, full blown. It can't go... Uh, the way it wants to go because it's being held back or being restrained. Do you understand that? A dam restrains all of the water from coming at one time. All right? But if you look down there to the C part of the definition, to hold fast, keep secure, keep firm possess possession of, or to get possession of, to take, that means that the restrain is in place, and what would normally occur, like I just talked about a dam and water, it can't, it can't happen because of this particular restrainer or restraint. Now, I want to say something two times, and I've been doing that for weeks, but I, I care more about you really understanding what's happening and what the Spirit is saying to the churches, then I do the fact that you go home and tell somebody, I hope you repeated yourself two times. I've outgrown that, thanks to the Holy Ghost. I really have. But I want to tell you because there's actually three different views on this. Two are incorrect. I'm going to say that. One is correct. On as far as what that word restrainer or he is. Uh, 
Some people believe that it's, it's old uh, imperial Rome uh, and that because it's in place until it's out of place or dethroned or outvoted or whatever, that the Antichrist can't step on and fully do and reveal himself and do what he wants to. The other is because all of the countries surrounding Israel uh, have not yet, they have powerful leaders who haven't gotten out of the way and uh, called for the restrainer uh, or the Antichrist to come in and take control. I just uh, ran across something last week at a, uh, a global summit back in November of last year. It actually was Prince Charles giving a, an address. Um, doesn't mean anything that he was giving it, but I'm just saying that referred to the, the fact that there were too many people trying to meet the climate, climate problem, climate control, which will be a big part of uh, the coercion, I, sh I should say, uh, when the Antichrist and that movement, I, I believe with all of my heart, based on the Bible and just the way things are being set up already, I just honestly cannot not believe that. But he was uh, alluding to the fact that, that we, we really need, instead of like one leader or one country, I mean, a bunch of them, we need one so we can really figure out this problem. And, and get it under control. And so it doesn't mean anything that I said his name. And don't, don't even, because I know the queen passed and all that, has nothing to do with any of this. I'm just saying he was the one that said that at this global summit in Glasgow last year. So I, I want to tell you that the third is, is what I, and most people that I believe are going to heaven, uh, really believe the restrainer is the Holy Spirit. Because on the day of Pentecost, and I probably need to throw this in, when I was kind of researching and looking at this, to even show you that when you're studying the Bible and you are using uh, things from commentaries and other studies and uh, uh, historical accounts, of, uh, you, you, men have to be real careful even doing that because I was online on a certain uh, uh, Bible study website, and when I clicked on the word for the definition, I had already done that, but I noticed at the bottom it threw up a commentary, and automatically the commentary that it suggested as the explanation of who or what this restrainer was was actually the first, the first excuse I gave you, which is... Uh, uh, in Imperial Rome, and there being that that was in the way. And so, I, and I completely disagree 1,000% with that. And so let me go into this and give you an explanation of why I believe in many other people, spirit-filled people, people that just have a lot of uh, sense when it comes to the Bible, and they read the Bible, uh, without being biased through their own theology or their own upbringing, on, on the day of Pentecost, and you've you got to give me about three or four or five minutes to, to get through this, so is everybody okay with that? It, it's for your benefit, okay? 
but more than your benefit is for God's glory. So is that okay? I can't just come in here and give you two burritos to go and you give me $3 at the window, okay? I can't do that today. I know we like that drive through stuff, but if you want that nice flank steak at Ironwood Cafe 40 minutes up the road, you're going to have to wait a few minutes, all right? And it's going to cost you just a little bit more than the two steak burritos. By the way, did anybody get hungry for that when I said that? Okay, never mind. On the day of Pentecost, they had already been thousands of people fed. On two occasions, 4,000. Uh, the other occasion, 5,000. There had been many countless miracles. John said if everything was written, all the books in the world couldn't contain what Jesus did just in three years while he was here. Also, if that wasn't enough, over 500 people witnessed Jesus at one time after the resurrection before he ascended to heaven. So we're talking about tens of thousands of people that witnessed Jesus do things during his ministry. Tens of thousands of people. However, Jesus said this. He said right before he was he ascended to heaven. He said, tarry ye in Jerusalem, meaning go and wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So they were not in Jerusalem yet. They were close, but they weren't in Jerusalem. So they had to relay the message. I'm thinking at least the 500 people had to hear about it without Facebook. They had to hear about it because 500 people now, I don't read that in the Bible, no one, but if you just, if you just track what happened, 500 people witness. So it doesn't matter how many people, but I'm going to say 500. Had to hear, go tarry in Jerusalem, we are told by Jesus, until we are endued with power from on high. And so you know the story, Acts 2, about 120 people is what the Bible says actually made the trip to the upper room. 120 people were there. And then we know about 10 days after they were there, the Bible says, I would read it, but most of you know it. You can go read Acts 2. They were assembled together, and they were the place where they were seated. They were sitting like a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Ghost fell from heaven, and it filled the place where they were sitting. I've already prayed this morning, God, would you fill the place where people are sitting at the day? Because if you fill the place, nobody gets left out. Nobody. Because there's people on the main floor. There's people on an upper level. There's people in uh, separate rooms in the building. So God fill the place so the place was filled and there appeared to these people like tongues of fire and they began to this is so important this part right here they began to magnify and glorify God it broke out of the room out into the street there was a global summit of sorts going on in about 120 uh, over 100 nations anyway, were represented there. And men heard these people glorifying God in their own language. 
I'm still in my three or four minute segment here. After that, the church was born. When that happened, that launched the church that you consider yourselves to be a part of today. The church of the living God, we are not just the church, we are not just the bride of Christ, but we are also the body of Christ. So, just a, a little recap. When the Holy Spirit fell, it filled the place, but people were filled. All right? And then when the people that were filled, they went out into the street, automatically the world heard, the world experienced what had happened, and the very first thing that happened after that, after the church was born, was persecution and disbelief. This means something today, folks, because these people, I'll use Peter for example, these people no longer were scared. They were no longer timid. They were no longer, we, we said they glorify God in unknown, in, in tongues of people's native language, but the Bible records more than one, uh, one time that these same people uh, that were filled with the Spirit of God went out and proclaimed and spoke the Word of God boldly. Prior to that, they didn't do that. They had to hide. They had to escape and go to hidden places and secluded places, but no more because now this was the church of the living God full of the power of God by the Spirit of God. And anytime they would come in contact with sin or anything else, sin would oppose it. So that's why ever since that day, anytime you've been around a praying Christian and what we used to say, an old fire believer, somebody that really lives what they claim, what they say, sin doesn't like it, sin ostracizes, sin persecutes, sin also prosecutes and kills sometimes because we resist, we restrain, we don't want any part of that because we've been saved from that. That's the power. That's the resurrection power that raised Christ up from the dead. That's inside of us, fueled by the Holy Spirit. And anytime you get around a culture and a world that don't want any part of that, they reject that, and we are holding it in place. We are keeping it where it is. It's bad, but you ain't seen bad yet until the church, the restrainer, the dam is completely moved out of the way and then that gully washer of tribulation is going to hit mankind. The Bible says not ever has there been a day like that day that will come. So, four, things, four facts of encouragement I want to tell you quickly. The first one is that the church through the Spirit, the church, the church, you, the body. Now, if you discuss this with a lot of people, especially a lot of lazy people that don't believe and don't engage in spiritual warfare, they'll even flirt with sin and be an undercover sinner at times. Yeah, I said it. They don't want any part of that. But it can't be the, it can't be the Roman Empire or Imperial Rome. It can't be that because that... 
that's really secluded in one place. That would have to mean that the spirit of Antichrist that's already at work in verse 7 would have to just be at one place. But the Bible says, no, it's everywhere. It's all over the globe, amen? We don't have trouble just in Rome and it's just held back at bay at Rome because of political reasons. Neither is it just around the countries. Now, there's a lot of sin around the countries of Israel, but it's not going to work. They're not going to win. They're going to die. It, it, it's, it's futile. So it can't be just that it's, it's bad around those nations or those countries because the spirit of Antichrist has already been at work since this time, and it's prevalent. It's ever-increasing, but it's nothing like what it will be when the church, the Holy Spirit, is taken out of the way. So the church restrains. I want to show you an example real quick. You know we share a lot of uh, Jimmy Evans and Tipping Point. Uh, we share a lot of that. And there was just a little clip about a young man who just graduated from college this week and, uh, or, or maybe in the past two to three weeks. It hadn't been long. It might have been in May because that's when most people graduate. But I want you to see a current a current example of what restraining really looks like and, and what it's restraining and w what it is restraining, how it's reacting to the restraint. Take, uh, the restraint. Take a look at the video. One more article. Christian student at risk of losing license to practice psychology after professor's protest graduation speech. Again, this is from the Christian Post. A university in Mexico has initiated proceedings against a recent psychology graduate after a group of professors expressed concerns over his graduation speech defending the family and the sanctity of life, okay. which might cost him his license to practice. The Autonomous University of Baja California received complaints against the student Christian Cortez Perez has, uh, and has started formal proceedings to ban him from practicing psychology Human Rights Group, ADF International, said Friday. At the as the top of his class at the University School of Medicine and Psychology, Perez earned the right to deliver the commencement address at his graduation ceremony on June 27th, where he voiced his deeply held moral convictions regarding the state of the world today and the importance of the family and sanctity of life, among other issues. Some students and faculty protested vocally and walked out, but he continued and delivered his graduation address in full, the professors then issued a manifesto calling his address hate speech. They demanded that his academic degree and professional license be withheld, his merit award withdrawn, and psychology associates across Mexico be alerted regarding his actions. And this is what he says. I exercised my fundamental right to free speech to address my classmates about what I believe are the most pressing issues of our time. Perez was quoted as saying in response to the university's action, now I stand to lose my entire professional career because I expressed views in which some students and faculty disagree. Uh, so here, by the way, here's what he said. In his commencement speech, Perez said, today we're, we are deep into a real anthro anthropological st struggle to redefine the human being, the human person, man, through the implementation of ideologies and fashions of thought that always end up undermining dignity and freedom. He then quoted English writer and late theologian G.K. Chesterton, people do not know what they are doing because they do not know what they are undoing. 
Perez added, to attack life in the family is to self-destruct. It is an attack on civilization himself. He then urged his peers to live in solidarity with one another, saying, you have to love. No one seeks the good of others if he does not love him. Now, this is a good man. By the way, and this is a... Okay, another example. Do you see what is just waiting? Do, do, do you see... I mean, we, he, the man was just talking about a family and about uh, not killing babies. But, see, the world, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That's lawlessness, right? The, the mystery of iniquity. That's what that is right there. And, and when the restrainer, the church... The, the Spirit of God, because that's, that's what empowers people like that young man to do that. It's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. When that rebuttal, restraint, is mo it's full force. Did you know right now, let me tell you this about Jesus first. Can I, can, can I talk about him for a minute and tell you that when Jesus was walking on the seashore one day, there was a man that they had to put in uh, prison so bad that they had to move him from prison into uh, uh, solitary confinement in a cave on the beach. And so he was so full of demons that when Jesus came onto the scene and Jesus addressed the demons and he cast out the demons, they asked the spirit, the, the evil spirits, the demons, about 2,000, he said, he spoke to the demon, he said, my name's Legions because we are many. And so they were so aware of Jesus and his power and what he could do, they asked permission that he not send them to the abyss right then, but let them go into, you know, a herd of swine on a hill, about 2,000 ran and drowned themselves, folks. Listen, the devil absolutely cannot do anything that you do not give him permission to do. He can't do it. You know why? Because we restrain the devil. We have that power inside of us. Jesus said, my body, my physical body is no longer there, but you are now. I'm the head, but you are the body, and my spirit is inside of you. That's why I give you power to tread on scorpions, walk on serpents. That's why those men, those 70 that were sent out, when they came back, they were so happy. They said even the demons are subject to, to us in your name. Jesus said you ought to be happy about more than that. You ought to be happy that your name's written in glory. What's the point? The point is that when those 70 went out and they returned, even the demons knew that there were restrainers there and they could not do no more than what they were given permission that the people of God called the shots. The people of God were empowered by God. They were the body of Christ walking out because the Lord had, uh, had purified them and he authorized them to do that and you or I are the same way. So listen to me. We are that body today. We house, we are the vessel, we are the vehicle of the Holy Spirit that he works through. He works through us 
as individuals, but he works through us as a church collectively. And can you imagine when the church, the people that do, well, he could have said, well, I don't want to offend anybody that might believe it's okay to murder. I, I don't want to uh, offend anybody that thinks that the family is anything and everything what you say. So I'm not going to say that. That's what's going to happen as soon as the restraining force is moved out of the way. The world will go crazy. The Antichrist, which is empowered by the devil and given his marching orders by the devil, he will throw all the rules out. There's nobody in the way. There's nobody to restrain or contest that. Did you know in this same video I can't show you everything because of children that may be here or may be listening, but I will try to say it in a way that in Illinois, the, the largest children's hospital right now, they are experimenting with children in, in the hospital with doing chemical uh, castration. They are trying to perform hysterectomies on little girls right now. They are uh, playing with this transgender mess with the children in the hospital. They're also giving them SEX toys to experiment with, and the LGBTQ, ABCDEFG group, they're all behind that. All the other groups, they are in with that because they're also saying they're trying to lower the age or do away with the age of uh of minors having SCX, they're doing all of that because they are saying that it should be adults teaching children about that rather than children teaching children about that. And the only people that, because everybody wants to be politically correct, even many pulpits. Can you imagine what the world is going to do the moment that the church is raptured out of here? You're going to see filth like you've never seen filth. I hope you don't, but the world is going to be filthy. And that is why the Lord wants you to know today that you are not part of a measly group that's sitting on the back of the wagon waiting on the horn to blow. He said we're the head, we're not the tail. He left us here to do the work. We are a strong, mighty army. We're the voice of the Lord. We're anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And the devil knows when you walk. The devil knows when you pray. The devil knows when you quote the word of God. The devil knows when you worship the Lord. The devil knows when you go and confront somebody at work in the love of Jesus, all because you care about their soul, and he hates it. So he will persecute, and he's going to try to do something with the restrainer. But he ain't going to have to worry about it much longer because the Lord, hallelujah, the captain of my soul, is going to call us home, and forever we will be with him. Hallelujah. So you don't have this scripture. Hallelujah. But I want to read the 13th verse to you, we just read through verse 10, but listen to verse 13 and 14. But we, hallelujah, but we are bound to give thanks to God. That's what I'm, I'm not walking around not trying to tell anybody I'm a Christian. I'm walking around, I want you to know 
I love the Lord. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. I believe God can deliver. I believe God can heal. I believe God can set free. I believe if you will let me pray for you that God can get you out of that brainwashed world that you're living in. I'm not trying to hide from anybody. We're not trying to censor anything before Facebook or YouTube or Google gets a hold of them. Don't care. I want them to get it. Maybe some text somewhere that's programming stuff will hear it and get saved. The Bible says if I shut up, that the rocks will cry out, church. I'm here. As long as I'm here, Paul said for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. As long as God loves me enough, thinks enough of me to let me breathe his air and leave me here and share his word, I'm going to tell the world about Jesus. He's the only hope they have. So, we are bound. I'm bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, Paul said. Because, brethren, beloved by the Lord, God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. So the second thing is that you need to know is that you have been chosen. In fact, you might know a scripture that is used a lot. We're peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're a chosen generation. I don't care what condition you, you are sitting in this church in, what mental state you are in, how many negative blows have been dealt to you that you didn't even ask for since you took your first breath. I want to tell you on behalf of the God I serve, if you were alive and breathing today, God chose you to be here for such a time as this. And don't ever let the world or the devil or your best, worst enemy friend tell you any different. You've been chosen by God to be living in 2022. Hallelujah. It's like when a coach... He looks at all the boys or girls that signed up or he looks at all the running records and all around the track field before he picks the team. The coach has the authority and the privilege of choosing the team. The coach. Some people get cut. But the, the coach gets to choose who he wants to choose. God didn't cut you. The devil might have tried to steal you many times through lies, through habits, through addictions, through setbacks. But I'm telling you that God chose you. You're not here to fly under the radar. You are part of the restrainer of Almighty God. You are the restraining church. God chose you, but in four, verse 14, not only are you chosen, that, but it says to which he called, he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the, the coach 
Almighty God called you, but then, I mean, he, he chose you, but, but then he called you to a position. He called you to a position in Christ. The coach might have called you on this earth to be the quarterback or be the center or to be the pitcher or to be the catcher or the outfield or the server. He might have called you to do that. But God called you to be part of the body of Christ, to be a joint heir with Christ. It says in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 17, and if children, then heirs, not just heirs of God, but also joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. So God chose you. He chose you. I know that you want to give me a list or better yet, you want to remind God of all the dysfunction that you've been a part of, all the things, public victim number one, and a lot of things are not your fault. I know it's not our fault, but still, there's nothing that could ever happen to me or you in this world that can make God the subordinate. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I read this morning, if he can call a dead Lazarus four days in the ground, he can bring life back to that. Whatever your misfortunes been, God can speak life to you. You can be the restrainer he's called you to be, and you can be part of the body of Christ, join heirs with Jesus Christ himself. God called you, but he just didn't call you. He chose you and he called you. And that ought to make every, the most borderline depressed person in here feel happy in your soul right now. The Bible also says, if you keep reading, and I won't read the scripture, but the fourth thing is, it just says we need to just stand fast. Hold the line. Stay right. Don't, don't move. Don't be easily shaken. God gave us a promise of the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going away. I'm going to send a comforter to you. Jesus said, I'm with you, but I'm going away, but he's going to actually be in you. And the Holy Spirit did for the second time today, blew into the upper room. And it filled the place. All the people there, they went out. Great and mighty things happened after Pentecost. They were believers. The Bible says it filled the believers. And what I'm asking you right now, are you a believer? Or are you a person that just says, well, I got a lot going on right now, and I can't really focus on that. I am begging you with every breath I have, every ounce of being that's inside of me, I'm telling you right now, church, that you need to make sure with everything that you do that you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, he's the only truth, he's the only life, that you believe that Jesus Christ did what he did and he was resurrected, he ascended, so you could be his present-day body to finish the work. After all, it was Jesus that said, I'm going away, 
but I'm going to leave you here, and you're going to do greater things than already been done. Church, I'm telling you, you're sitting on dynamite. You're walking with the dynamite of the Holy Ghost inside of you, and you don't even know it. You talk about the drunk people at work. You talk about the, the homosexuals at work. You talk about the broke people at school. You talk about the people who are trying uh, all the transgender mess, all the people who are money-minded all over the place. We're all talking about all the things that are going on. But do you know at the name of Jesus that all demons have to flee? Do you realize that Jesus, he didn't leave a cow or a donkey or a turkey. He left you here to restrain, to be the voice, to be a light on a hill, to be the salt, hallelujah, to be the way, the truth, and the life to show all men that there is a way of escape and his name is called Jesus. Jesus left you here to do this, church. He left you here. The apostle Paul will not come back. Peter and James and Matthew and Thaddeus and Philip, Bartholomew, they're not coming back. Hallelujah. But there's a Janice. Hallelujah. There's a Tom. There's a Daniel. There's a Susie. There's a Ricky. There's a Ricky Nelson. There's everybody here. And God will use anybody that he can use in these last days. He will use you, church. He will use you. Don't bite your lip. Don't bite your lip. Don't go picking a fight, but don't back up. Restrain. Restrain. Let me tell you how you can restrain real quick. You can begin by being a believer in prayer, folks. You can be a believer in prayer. Pray without ceasing pray. I just ran across somebody this week. I knew that I couldn't pray in the place where I was like I'm preaching or praying out loud in this church, but I did not because my God is not a deaf God. I don't have to shout for God to hear me. He even reads my heart. I walked by the aisle where that person was, and I just said, God, in the name of Jesus, heal that lady of breast cancer. You see, I think God's going to judge me. I think God's going to judge you. We are so wound up for everything that's on our agenda, on our schedule, in our world, in our culture. We give it 1,000%, but you've got the Holy Ghost at your disposal. All you've got to do, I read it every day of my life. Luke eleven thirteen. if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask? him so a part of my prayer when I pray for you I pray God fill me today with the Holy Ghost again yesterday's gone I want to be filled I don't know who I'm going to run into that's got breast cancer or who's demon possessed or somebody that's about to take their own life because of depression so God I need to be sensitive I need to be aware of what's around me God
God. I don't need to hold back. I don't want the devil to restrain me, Lord. I want to walk in a way where I can restrain what he's about to do to that young person. I want to live in a way that the home he's about to tear up, that God, you can use me maybe to run some kind of intervention in there. God, not my brother, not my sister, but it's me in the need of prayer. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. You don't realize, you don't realize, you don't realize, church, but you are the restraining force of the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and he works through us. And God's talking to a lot of people today. God's talking to so many people today because all kind of things is running through your mind. And the one thing that the devil would do, and I just rebuke, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And anybody that's entertaining thoughts of doubt, may the Holy Ghost of Almighty God clear your mind and settle your heart so you can receive the engrafted Word of God right now. It's not God's will that you leave here empty-handed or empty-hearted today. But God wants you to understand He needs us right now. He needs us. The LGBT community, the trans community, all the doctors that just want more money, all the pharmaceutical industry that just want more money to keep doing this. People have no respect of life. How can you do things? I mean, abortion's one thing, I know, but how can you do this? The children who are sick in a children's hospital anyway, we haven't seen nothing. How can you want to, in California and everywhere, want to pass laws where grown men can have sex legally with a six-year-old girl or boy? Does anybody uh, hear what's going on other than me? I don't know what else to tell people, but I do know this. God, if you'll fill me again, Lord, hallelujah, who will go? I will go. God, send me. I'll do it. You died on the cross for me. Send me, Lord. Let me do it. That's why we're having revival this week, because God appointed it for such a time as this. God's brought us together. I think about this all the time. I thought about it yesterday, and I'm just telling you, this is not the time of all times to be missing church. If you are a believer and you are going into rapture, this is not because that is oil and water. If you are not a part of what God's doing inside of his house, I don't care if it's a 70-year-old cafeteria or an old butler building or an old library or inside of this metal building. I don't care if it's a storefront or somebody's living room. If you are going to heaven, you are going to be a part of what God's doing. And God said in his word, as you see the day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. I'm trying to get a bunch of people who are apparently not ready to go to heaven, ready to go to heaven, church. I don't need excuses. I've been doing it way too long. I'm excused out. I don't need it. Nobody has to give anybody excuse when you make your favorite event. You make it happen. Amen. Don't you? I, don't you, church? Yes. I, I didn't mean that like it sounded, like I was mad. But I want you to understand that Jesus is about to return. 
This is not one of those things like you think about buying a home or a car or accepting a job. Well, let me go and think about it. No, not this. No, no, wrong, wrong item. You don't want to think about this. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I can help anybody that wants help right now. Find your way home. I can't help you. Not one millisecond after the trumpet sounds. I can hope and pray now that if people just reject it, that they get them a book somewhere, a missing people book. But why, why, why? Because you see what's on the other side of them just waiting to break forth. And you can't even imagine. Because the Bible says since the world begun and even after that, there's never been a day like it will be during those seven years. I'm, I'm, ju I'm just telling you the truth because I love you, but more than loving you, I love God, and I, I'm, I'm a believer. I believe what he said. I, 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 wouldn't, I would not, I would not cut my phone off if you're streaming right now. I would not walk out of this building unless I knew for 100% that I know that I've asked Jesus to wash me and forgive me of my sins. I don't care if you say, well, I wasn't raised that way. I don't believe it that way. Or I did a long time ago. And God understands. Look, look, look. Let me tell you what God understands. Are you all ready for what God understands? Because a lot of people have an idea of what they think God understands. And I'm going to tell you. What I'm going to tell you is right, okay? Because I'm going to just tell you the Bible. But I'm just going to say what I'm going to tell you right now is what's right. God understands that 2,000 years ago, his guiltless son that had never done any wrong left heaven to come down here to be mocked and rejected and spit upon and even be disowned and disbelieved by his own family, his own relatives. His own son. This is what God understands, that he watched him be brutally beaten and stabbed and nailed to a cross because he loves everybody here because he chose you that's what he understands quit trying to flirt with sin and say well God understands my preacher told me or I heard on TV my favorite preacher that grace will take care of all that listen you need to understand what it means not to frustrate the grace of God you need to also understand that God only allowed that to happen with Jesus because his love for you. As I said Wednesday night, hell was never meant or intended for people. And there are people here, possibly, probably, there are people online that you, you have not, you haven't done that. Or maybe you did it when you were younger in your home church. But the way I've been talking about the Bible and all that, you, you have not done that now. I didn't realize it was that serious. Oh, it's more serious than your next breath. And again, God, hell last week, and to tell you, you don't need to really even focus on hell if you're ready to go in the rapture. And 
what your name, what your title, what your label is right now. I'm going to ask you to stand because, listen, we're the team. God chose us, folks. He chose us. We read stories about Moses and Abraham and John the Baptist and we read about Miriam, Moses' sister, and Martha, Mary, that carried Jesus. Uh, we, we read about all of them. But do you know that God chose you like he chose them? And God's called you. And we talk about this outside of us being called and adopted and part of his family. God's called every one of us to be a part of the restraining body that is here. It was the body of Jesus that restrained those demons on that ocean shore that day. His body's gone, but it's in front of me right now. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And again, I've said all I can say today. And the Spirit of God, hallelujah, is dealing with people. And I wonder how many people will just walk down here with me and say, Pastor, Opie, I've just got to make things right. I've got to make sure I do not, not, not want to play a game with this. You can come and find you. Just come stand or kneel at the altar or on the side. But you need to make sure. And then you can go out of here like a mighty roaring lion, like that young man on that video a while ago. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm part of the restrainer. If you need Jesus, you've never asked him to come in your heart. If you come right here, I'll pray with you. We got some stuff we'll give you later on. If you're online, I'm going to lead you in prayer. I'm going to pray with anybody here that wants prayer. God if you're watching right now or even later you don't want to take no chances but you know that you need to make things right with Jesus would you just say Lord Jesus I repent I need your blood that you shed at Calvary Jesus to wash me I've been rebellious I've been full of pride I've enjoyed sin in my own eyes but I've been wrong Lord I've violated your commandments and I've stored up wrath I've angered you God but today I want to be in a right relationship with you and then you just tell him that in your own words if it brings you to tears that's a great thing that's a great sign that you're really sorry for doing what you've done all these years 
God's looking for a, a broken heart. Every person in this place and every person online, whatever you're about to do when you leave this building today, you don't have to worry about what a lot of people worry about when we get into this kind of situation. A lot of people focus so much on well, is God going to do this if I pray about this? Or if I go and I do this, is God going to do this? If, if that spirit of hesitation has captivated you and captured you, can I just tell you in a loving way, that's, that's unbelief. See, I, I've been faced with that this week. I've been faced... You just have to trust God. God's results are not always our results. A lot of times, God moves the way we're praying, and it's just like what I prayed for. And it's just like seeds that I planted. Situations maybe that I fast over. But then there's sometimes that God works, and you know this, in mysterious ways our belief should never fluctuate 
when God's working in a way we can see and a way we can't see. We need to equally trust the Lord. We need to let God be true and every man a liar. And that's what God wants His body to know today. He wants all of us to know that He's going to use us. We're, we're here to restrain. We're here to do what Jesus did. And then we're going to be taken out of the way. 2722. 2722. Withhold it or let or restrainer. That's what you are. 2722. And so you need to 2722 when you leave here today. You don't have to give in to temptation. You don't have to give in. You don't have to feel like you're singled out. Nobody at work says, uh, or in your class or in your cul-de-sac or neighborhood, they don't go to church. They don't believe like you. But they force and they flaunt their godless belief and lifestyle around you. Now somebody knows what I'm talking about, right? They're not ashamed of their godlessness. But a lot of times, we are ashamed of our godliness. That's a whole sermon right there. The world, they're proud. They've got lawmakers on their side. They've got the entertainment industry on their side. Any filth, any trash. And it's going as far south as it can go and more. And the restrainers got to understand, we're here to restrain. We're here to do all we can do. And not just retract. We're here to restrain and trust God. Father God, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be on every person, Lord, to fill the place, Lord, to fill homes, to fill cars, Lord, to fill classrooms. And Lord, to fill our minds know we're not by ourselves, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed. That song Joe's playing says, I'm learning Would you lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake? And let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer.